Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back in my day, we called football soggy ball. Welcome to Pint of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast where much like Vladimir Putin, we categorically deny any reports of aggression against our listeners. Amassing on your borders is Andy Baxter. Hello! Oiling his chest up for another naked horse ride is Daz Napton. Oh yeah! And as always, your host, Master of Puppet States, is me, Tom Meadowcroft. Oh yes. War! It's a-coming! It's, it's quite an apt one you've chosen to use this week because as we move into the depths of time when we're looking through football strangest matches, the next one that we were due to look at, which we're probably going to skip over in about three seconds because it's absolute tosh, is the World War game. So you've, you've, you've set us up well there, Tom. It's almost as though mm. you thought about that. I was just referred to the World Wars as a game. So I think this is his last show. It's just going to be me and Andy from now on. Um, Once Russia take over and they, you know, they dig up the last things that was recorded before, you know, it all went to shit. We can sort of claim ignorance to it all and say it was all Das's fault. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners as a, as a final goodbye, Das? Well, it's only a goodbye to them, so I'll be in my nuclear bunker. Hmm. <laughs> Just living off what beans and dehydrated peaches. I thought you said living off beings. Beings, yeah, okay. Well, there's <laughs> going to be lots of them. What anyway, they, what are they call these future people that 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 plan for sort of apocalypse and they they have these bunkers and hoard stuff they've got a name i can't think what it is now preppers survivalists preppers, survive, yeah that yeah. kind of thing 
moment. If I'd have gone with that to begin with, that'd have been funny, but oh well. You can't go back. There's no going back. back. This is a live stream. No, it's not. We can actually edit it. If you if you want, I'll try and piece together that to make it a good joke. Should we put in a like a laugh that you can edit in? <laughs> I hope all this stays in. It's great. I was more thinking <laughs> on the American TV series where they put those horrible like studio laughs in. Maybe we start using that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. we are way off course. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're going to bring it back in. And what we're going to do is we're going to go in with the war game, which is the game during the war, which, as we've already discussed before. Thanks for saying it again. I'm, I'm kidding you not that. <laughs> If anyone is going to know, if anyone is going to know the ins and outs of that football match that happened during the war, from reading this book, <laughs> we, can, we, we can pretty much guarantee it's not going to be Wardy, is it? Uh, no, he's not a reliable narrator, to put it nicely. I feel he'll, he'll miss the point and focus in on some weird <laughs> detail. Really. I mean, the last sentence is probably the only thing we can take from it that we can assume is definitely true. And the last sentence of the story, according to Wardy, is the next day they were fighting again. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ruin the Christmas truth for everyone, but like, I've read, I've read, I've read a bit around it and um, a lot of, it, it wasn't uh, completely, you know, uniform. A lot of people did get shot trying to join it. There's yeah. only like certain areas where it actually happened. And I don't think there's any like solid evidence for the football matches. Just kind of like hearsay. Much like the penalty kicking elephant story. Yeah. <laughs> Elephants in the trenches. Well, yeah, I guess. Maybe that'll be in this next war that you keep speaking about. I don't know. Do the Russians have elephants? Do the Russians have elephants? We call them Putin balls. Putin trumpets. Well, who is it who, who, is it who had the, the bear that was in the army? Was it Poland? Oh, or was that Russia? Yeah, I think that might have been Poland. Um, the, uh, the bear that fought in the war. Yeah, Poland really? war bear, I'm just going to... Wojciech? Uh, yeah, Wojciech. He was uh, a big old... Uh, Brown Syrian brown bear, and um, some like Polish troops uh, found him at a, a, a railway station in Iran, and they just kind of like um, kept them with him. And when he grew, he, they were able to like give him stuff to carry and stuff. And like he used to smoke, he used to smoke cigarettes and like beg for cigarettes. <laughs> it's probably quite useful to have. Like the I company, even... the company that had him have got like a really, really cool emblem, which is just like a bear carrying a or a shell. Nice. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> There's a fun. What's your problem? Everyone loves him in Poland. I'm not He's denying got loads that. Of statues. Yeah, I'm not denying that bears aren't fun, but. Just... And he lived to the age of 21, even though he smoked a lot. Did he though? Yeah. Well, did he, did he, 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 he ate the he ate the cigarettes. 
Yeah, exactly. He's not, he, he's, already not thumb, he's not got thumbs down. This story is already crumbling to the ground. There's pictures like, of him. Oh, well, yeah, there was pictures of the goal-kicking elephant or whatever it was called. <laughs> oh, there wasn't. There was a poster. <sighs> Football's strangest fictional matches featuring war bear. Uh, Woe check out a like great left foot. It's all yeah. in here. Did he play in, in net for the World War One trenches match? Utility player. <laughs> right, let's let's sack this off because Void Check or whatever <laughs> you're calling him is winding me right up now. Unbelievable. We've He's so national hero hero of Poland. He's not. Yeah. We can talk gonna, about this after the episode. Yeah, fine. Right. So we've made it to World War One which is always nice to be able to say. And we now have made it through 20 of Wardy's stories. 20. Mm. It's quite an achievement, really. World War I, 20 of Wardy's stories. Who suffered more, really? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the listeners. Who would have thought it possible or necessary? I don't think our listeners have feelings. They can't. No. They can't. So now what we need to do, um, a few months ago, me and Baxter, we did a recap of the top 10 whilst you were trouncing through a field in Glasgow trying to find a football match. Yes. And we, de- we decided that from the first 10 stories, the 1892 story, the trusted goalkeeper, was so far the closest we've come to peak football. Although we did agree that it's definitely not peak football yet. Is that the big fat man that like chased the chased the referee while naked? No, that was what's his name, Willie Folks, wasn't it? This one that was, the, that was up there. That was in the top few. Yeah, that yeah. was definitely up there. The trusted goalkeeper was the the I think he was Aston Villa goalkeeper, and he basically just like threw the final because he, he had some money on it. And then afterwards, his pub. Oh, then they got... smashed up his pub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> coming back for me. And uh, that, that was also the episode where they did the pre-game ritual of bathing in brine in Broitwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's as good as it's got so far. So the question I've got to ask you guys now, and you'll probably struggle to remember these stories because we've been doing them for so long, has anything since topped that? So I'm going to very briefly go through them. And if there's any that scream out as potential candidates... We've already a... done this. We've already no. ranked all the past stories, and I couldn't remember them then. No, we haven't. These are the new ones you can't remember. So... I seem to remember, like, stories 11 to 19 or whatever we're on. But a lot darker. There's a lot more death and, you know, really unpleasantness happening. Well, that's it was... kind of what the country was like. It was the build-up well, to the yeah. war. It was brutal. You're, you're not seeing Tiny Tim. <laughs> so, soccer sickness. Can you remember that one? Uh, everyone had, like, fish for breakfast and shout themselves. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> that was it. And keeping with the fish theme, the next one was fishermen versus firemen, which, of course, was just a random match on a beach in Scarborough. Not really much to say about that one. 
That was all right. It was just a bit weird. It wasn't as weird as we've seen now. No. Uh, after that, we had Under the Scorching Sun, basically just Wardy ripping into Scottish people, saying they'd never seen sunlight before. Yeah. <laughs> a race of mole people. Yeah. <laughs> this next one, I would say, is definitely worth a mention in the potential top three for this round, is the circus game. Mm. Can you remember the circus game? It took place in Birkenhead, and the highlight was a guy dressed as a gorilla fainting. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and were the people on stilts as well? Yeah, yeah. There was one team on None stilts. None of this happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like your Polish bear again. These next two were both incredibly mm. lame. We had the Tony Pandemonium game, which was just some strike, some miners in Wales who were on strike. And then we went up to Middlesbrough for the election campaign game. Mm. My personal, possibly my personal favourite from this era was Death of a Referee. Sicko. <laughs> it was a good story. The fact Once that, again, um, I'd like to apologise for Daz, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm in quite a morbid mood. Is it bad that I actually took great delight in the fact that his wife didn't receive a penny because it happened after the match? <laughs> uh, there's uh, nothing funnier than uh than you know bankrupt widows. <laughs> That's why we we started to question our own contracts within the the uh, the podcast, didn't we? And whether we should. We write them to include sort of a death in service policy. You got oh, a yes. contract? <laughs> oh, yes. You've all got contracts. <laughs> we went over to Ireland for what seemed like it was going to be an amazing story, but turned out to be a bit of a damp squib. It was battle at half time, which was just a huge outburst of all the fans. The referee and a few of the players locked themselves in the dressing room, and then basically no one died, no one got hurt. It just Oh, no fun for you then. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, exactly. It it was it was it was much like the storm last week, where it built up for what seemed like forever, and then just passed us by in minutes. So that was definitely not a, a top candidate for me. And then the most recent one we covered, which was the team awarded four penalties. I'm sure I've seen four penalties in the match. I'm sure it happened recently, didn't Was it Chesterfield? Didn't they score four? No, not Chesterfield. Sure, it happened like a couple of weeks ago. So, in summary, then, I think, (laughs) yeah, I think this pre war era has been a bit scraping the barrel. I'm I'm not even going to debate which were the top three because I think there's only two worth mentioning, and it's got to be. Death of a referee or the circus and game. Fat naked man. What? That was in the last era. Oh, okay, fine. Mm. So, if you want to, if you want to award um, points to wild imaginings of Mister Ward's mind, then I'm sure you can give a prize to the circus game. Well, on that, I think much like why we couldn't give the prize to the penalty kicking elephant. We can't give it to the circus game. Definitely didn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas at least the poor guy who died and left his wife, you know, having to go out and get a job, etc. Um, at least we could, that was in a proper competitive game with a referee and fans and everything else, not just people dressed as gorillas and stuff. Yeah, I think trying to score past the elephant will be quite competitive. <laughs> pretty Good. big. So it's a unanimous decision then. Death of a referee was the best story of the pre-World War One era. Sure. Wow. What a morbid but also quite enjoyable moment for Pint of Football. A sign of uh, the coming decade. The coming decade, I'm telling you now, is where we really start to pick up. Right. Imagine all those people who've been injured in the war and are coming back to play football. You know what I'm thinking? Some decapitations... Maybe mm. you know you know the old saying of jumpers for goalposts. Maybe it's more like bodies for goalposts. Players' heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... Chins for corner flags. <laughs> you see now you're thinking, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so should we jump right into the next Quince, Quincy Bumble Clunge from um, <laughs> Ro- <laughs> Ro- Ro- Rochester Spartan was the world's first headless goalkeeper. <laughs> lost his head in the war and still managed to play for whatever team I said for six seasons before he eventually went oh wait I don't have a brain and died yeah well you never know with Wardy that could well be the next story people made a tough stuff up. Then, they? yeah they hadn't in, the the media hadn't invented their what post traumatic stress so all, you know, the, all, the, all this all it. this wokery around requiring a central <laughs> nervous system <laughs> not in my day lads hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, right. Let's do this. 1970. When did World War I end? 1818. No, oh, I'm sure. 1918. 1918. So, in actual fact, this next story, according to Wardy, took place during the war. So, even better, I guess. <laughs> and we're heading over to Reading for one armed men versus women. Oh. <laughs> tread, tread carefully, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like the first half of that, head, the, the title, but then. Uh... <laughs> so, 
one-armed men versus women. Are you prepared to... cancel this podcast, aren't you, Des? Are you prepared to guess why the men were one-armed? Did they have them tied behind their back? Or was it the war? Was it the war? This was a strange game on four counts. I love a good four-counted story. Women played against men. Mm. The, oppo- the opposing teams were English and Canadian. I'm not sure why that's so strange, but I that's guess back pretty in those strange. Days, yeah. Have you seen Canada? <laughs> the men played with their hands behind their backs. So you were right, Tom. They were tied behind their backs, not blown off. And the fourth, the fourth strange, yeah, the fourth strange thing was that the score was eight five. So basically, it just sounds like it was a kickabout with some Canadians who were presumably over here for the war or stationed or whatever. So let's see actually what happened. Perhaps the oddest thing was that men were allowed to play against the women on a Southern League ground. Southern League was like the top league then, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm not really sure why that's so strange, but there must be some context yeah. we understand. I'm well, sure yeah. I mean, the Southern League as it is now. It wasn't at like Farnborough. Oh, no. No, but like, because Rovers were, for the first year they were professional, they were in like the Birmingham District League. Oh, really? I know, the Football League started in 1888. Head of out. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After an early wave of women's soccer in the late 1890s, inspired by the rational dress movement and generally believed to be organised by Nettie Honeyball. That's a really, really, really good name for a turn of the century female footballer it's i yeah the names have definitely been the best thing about this book so far and netty honeyball and late lady florence dixie the good yeah the, the names are always great and this is oh so here we go it was issued not to allow matches against lady teams so this was the ban starting from for women's football mm, yeah which you probably know more than me, Tom. It lasted quite a long time, didn't it? It did. Yeah, they really, uh, really shot on it because when while all the like men were away in the war, women's football really took off. Uh, Blythe Spartans had a really good player called like uh, Bella Ray, who scored like a obscene amount of goals in one season, and really? like um, she just kind of reached her peak, and then they basically banned women's football, so she just went back to like working in a munitions factory. Uh, and it's a shame. And <clears throat> you could say that women's football is still kind of catching up. Like when people shit on women's football, they forget that it was banned for quite a long time. Yeah, that is true. The development's definitely been stunted. And you can actually, <laughs> this is a very strange but uh, obvious reference as to why these sorts of things were happening. Apparently, in the mid 1900s, Six-a-side soccer on roller skates was introduced at Brighton Skating Rink, and oh, women women soon took up the sport. 
So, Why did that still uh, exist? Yeah, I, I can't see how that. Yeah, the, why, why don't we do that now? I mean, don't get me wrong, you wouldn't get it past health and safety these days, but it's there'd be broken legs every game. But, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to see it. Roller derby is violent enough without like having yeah. a ball in the equation yeah, that you can trip over. Throw a football in. So <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. maybe do I don't know maybe do. So apparently the goals were six foot high and seven foot wide, so almost square, and a football that was used apparently was a regulation size ball, but containing a pint of water inside it. Huh. which was apparently to stop it from rising into the sky. Back in my day, we called football soggy ball. <laughs> oh, soggy ball. That sounds like a horrible... <laughs> that sounds like a... I don't, I don't go in for this dry football. <laughs> put, Chris, the... <laughs> put, put Cristiano Ronaldo in front of one of those good old-fashioned soggy balls, see if he does all his fancy tricks then. During the First World War, with men away in the forces, women started adopting the male roles, as you've already discussed. Although the most lasting development of the period was the factory team in Preston. There were outbreaks all over the country, usually in factories. Yeah, I'm sure you could guess that. The standard picked up enormously. And then someone wrote an article from the Manchester Guardian about women's football, and they put, they danced around the ball when they reached it as if uncertain what to do with it, much after the manner of a lapdog, which, which, which has accidentally laid Fuck hold off. of the cat, which he has made an elaborate show of pursuing. It's all sorts of wrong. Yeah. But the FA didn't approve of the game anyway. And then during the war, they obviously set this charity match up, getting the Canadian soldiers in because presumably they were too weak to fight in the war. So they just came over and tied their hands behind the back and played against the women. What was the score? Yeah, so the women won 8-5. Nice. A hat-trick from Mrs. Barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Another winner there. Again, maybe a derogatory name for... A slightly rotund forward. <laughs> um, Are there so any yeah. surviving pictures of Mrs. Barrel? So the English women got one over the Canadian men, which I imagine probably if it was to be replayed now with uh, the women's national team and the Canadian men's national team, would probably see a similar score, to be fair. Do you want to know a fun fact about um, Blythe Spartans women during the First World War? Go for it. They were called, um, for a a brief period, the Blythe Spartans Munitionettes. Ooh, that's a strong name. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have Blythe Spartans got a women's team now? Because they should definitely bring that name back. They should bring that name back. It's probably their nickname, isn't it? Yeah, you'd hope so. Doing a Google. All right. While you're doing that, Baxter, do you think that was peak football? No, I think it was a little bit odd. Um, if I'm honest, it seemed like you just wanted to include something about the war. Mm. Yeah. There's definitely. I don't understand the relevance. I don't understand the relevance of the hands behind the back thing either. 
I guess it was to try and make it fair. But yeah, With, I'm not sure. I did actually wonder, but obviously it's not mentioned in there because he never mentions the relevant stuff. Did the goalkeeper have to have an arm behind the back? <laughs> well, there was what eight five, did you say? So it could well explain it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Have you finished googling, Tom? Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, that's an anticlimax. Yeah. So okay. instead of that anticlimax, Tom, you need to redeem yourself with a true climax, which is going to be your Stay parting on. your parting joke. Am I not allowed to mention Real Bedford? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> well, anyway, I've been reading a bit more about Real Bedford just to see what nonsense they've been up to since we last spoke. Um, and I found a tweet from a couple of weeks ago where they have retired the number 21 shirt in honour of the guy who founded Bitcoin, basically the guy who came up with Bitcoin over in Japan oh. in the first place. So they haven't got number 21. What's 21 um, got to do with Bitcoin? I, I was trying to figure it out. I don't know if something happened in 2021. I don't. I, I, I did try and Google it a little bit and nothing leapt out of me. So then I gave up because there was a lot more to read about it. Anyway, that was in at the back end of January. And there's another tweet from them here. Um, they've announced some new signings. Nothing exciting there. They put links to their um, Wikipedia pages and whatnot. And one of the guys who, who is Connor... Ocus, O-K-U-S, has requested to be paid in Bitcoin. That's interesting. <laughs> it might work out for him. It, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's going to go one or two ways, isn't it? I don't know. Um, he might, you know, play this and laugh at us all in the future, or he might be absolutely uh, destitute. <laughs> well, we won't, get, we won't be getting paid much for playing for Real Bedford, surely. Or they probably, probably, probably will, weren't they? But that's it. I mean, they, they, they still keep reckoning they've got um, supporters clubs all around the world and meeting up to watch live streams of the games and all this. And in fact, I've just spotted now as I've been going down their Twitter feed, the bookmaker, popular high street bookmaker, William Hill, have offered a market on Real Bedford to reach the Premier League by the year 2035. And if you want, you can have a hundred. you can have a hundred to one on that. I guess it depends how much Bitcoin the dude has, because if it does like hit a hundred thousand or whatever, like they reckon it will by like twenty thirty, then if he if he's got if he's got a good amount, then he probably could. If he decided to spend it all on getting Rail Bedford into the Prem, then maybe he could. But it's kind of it's basically just like hashtag United for adults, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just incidentally, could you also bet on them being bust by the same year? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be 100 to 1, unfortunately, but yeah, I'd have a bit of that. Um, it's strange because surely there's like not financial fair play as we know it in the top divisions, but there must be similar kind of limits and rules to stop people just piling bags of money into these little non league teams. I don't know. I don't know. Weird, there is, to be nah, there's no, mm, maybe there should be. Well, possibly. And- yeah, well, anyway, that's all about Rail Bedford anyway for this week. We'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep a watchful eye on Rail Bedford. <laughs> yeah, they are yeah arguably one of football's strangest stories at the moment. So it's a a good good cross reference there, backs. 
it's definitely not peak football, though. Let's not get confused. I did look on their um, Twitter earlier when Bax was talking about them, and in their bio, they've got no NFTs in big letters. So they won't be doing like a weird chimp cartoon and selling that for like £50,000. Maybe they should. I, I don't, I, we don't have time to get into NFTs. It's, the world's leaving me behind. We've already had enough. We've already had enough nonsense from Tom with his weird Polish spare. <laughs> I say, I say, I say, Daz and Andy, did you hear they're developing a mind-controlled air freshener? It makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> That's one of your better ones. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid four out of ten. That nice one. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.